Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast, brought to you by the Wealthy Speaker School. This is the podcast dedicated to people who want to speak more as a way to build their income and grow their business. Hey, welcome everyone to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Atkinson. Now, today's podcast is going to be a little bit different because it is a video. It is a Zoom live video with all of my favorite people. And we are going to be talking, uh, it's called the Revenue Roundtable, and we are going to be talking about how to earn income Uh, both with virtual speaking as well as other revenue streams of speaking off stage. I hope you will tune in. I hope you will let me know that you've tuned in. We've been talking about these subjects now for the last two months in the Wealthy Speaker School, and we've just got a lot of people who are entering the school who are really excited to be taking advantage of all this great content that we're putting together. These people that are on the video you're about to see, we're going to put their bios out on the page. Joe Calloway, a name that you likely know, uh, author of Becoming a Category of One. Ryan Estes, who I have bragged about uh, ad nauseum, uh, who went from zero to a million very, very quickly in his business. Same with Kendra Hall, storytelling expert, uh, best-selling author. Cinder Kampoff, who's an amazing uh, mindset coach and uh, former performance coach for the Minnesota Vikings, Jacob Green, who is just one of the most amazing individuals that I know, talks about how to see change clearly after a brain injury. These people are so amazing. And to add to the mix, Chris Young, not only is she one of my besties in the industry, but Chris actually has a long bureau history, production company history, and now actually works for a company that is doing some really cool things um, in COVID-19. They've really pivoted to allow themselves to Uh, take on business in a way that they never even thought was possible. I can't wait for you to hear Chris's story and how Heroic Productions is uh, making what they do available for we speakers and those in in the Minneapolis area. Anyway, you're going to get a ton of great ideas on how to earn revenue off the stage. Enjoy. I'll see you soon, Wealthy Speakers. Well, welcome everyone to the Revenue Roundtable, where we have asked some of the coolest and smartest people I know to come and share their ideas on how to advance your revenue streams during downturns in the economy. Uh, now, rather than take the time to introduce each other, everybody, which would probably take a long time, uh, we're going to go ahead and put bios on the page with the recording so you can kind of see where these people are coming from. And we'll have a worksheet as well that will allow you to work through this content. Now, the goal here is to share an abundance of ideas for you and 
for you to choose, you know, one or maybe two to add to your own menu of offerings. And of course, what we know, and and maybe we want to start with this, uh, Joe, you and I were having a conversation about this offline. Um, This is not a one size fits all business. And what we see is a lot of people hopping on a lot of bandwagons right now. And it doesn't, everybody doesn't have to be a part of everything, do they? No, they don't. It's real easy to look over your shoulder. And there, there's been so many times in my career that I've looked at what everybody else was doing. And I'm just like, well, I'm the slacker of the whole bunch. <laughs> I'm doing a couple of things and that's it. But yeah. you're right. It's not, it's not a one size fits all. And it's not all sizes fit everybody. So there's, it's one of the things I love about this business is there's a thousand ways to do it that can all be right. Yes, yes. And there's definitely a lot of things that we're going to talk about today that some people who are listening in may say, nope, not for me. That is A-OK. Now, let's talk just for briefly about income outside of speaking. So, Joe, you and I, um, I've known you for years and years, and I know that you have been heavily involved in real estate. I know, Kendra, you've talked about being involved in real estate as well. Talk about why you decided early on to move some of your eggs outside of the speaking basket and maybe do a little more diversification. Well, I can go first. I just, you know, looked at all the different things that I could do within speaking. And as you said just a minute ago, I was a keynoter and that was pretty much it. And I didn't want to do all the other things, but I did want some other streams of income. So I got involved with a couple of real estate partnerships, gosh, 15, 16 years ago that continue to this day. We build condos, we build apartment complexes, um, and, and then we sell them. And the other thing I do is is the stock market, which I'm pretty active in and, and <laughs> spent quite a bit of time this morning, as a matter of fact. Roller coaster. So that's a bit of a ride right now. And I know, Ryan, you're involved with that. But Kendra, talk about the um, real estate that you guys have gotten involved in. I mean, you've really decided early on that trading your time for money wasn't always going to be the only income. Yeah. And I think also there's, I mean, I had heard stories. I've, I've I'm newer in the industry, so I wasn't around during September 11th. I wasn't doing this during 2008, mm-hmm. but success uh, leaves clues. And I had heard from other speakers who were that said, hey, and that's what, you know, there's, who is it? Jim Rohn that says, when you're in summer, plan for winter. When you're in winter, plan for mm-hmm. summer. And um, so Michael and I have several, now we do it differently. We own several homes ourselves. Um, so those homes have, renters in them those are we Mm -hmm. actually just sold a home so yeah I mean that's that's our that's our winter fund if you will yeah I like that I like that and Ryan has it been tricky to ride the waves of is is the stock market the majority of your investment you told me the other day that you're a big investor but I wasn't sure if that's where you had everything yeah minimal in real estate but I've done a couple of little projects fun projects there too but I'm, I'm a pretty active investor in the market and yeah it's a roller coaster it's nauseating <laughs> so if you, it really if you, is nauseating but if, you know if you can stomach the uh, stomach the ride there there are opportunities too so uh yeah that's just that's just part of it um i mean i you know i i started this business in 2009 
So there were some lessons learned in starting at the bottom. And I, I fully believe you can grow a business in any economy. That's mm-hmm. part of my right. thinking. Um, but investing as I went on this journey um, has been a big part of augmenting or supplementing for, uh, for a time like now. Right, right. Now, Sindra and Jacob, you all have some gigs on the side that are really beautifully allowing you to get out and do the speaking business. Sindra, not only have you been in the past uh, the performance coach for the Minnesota Vikings, super cool, and uh, I've got three Minnesotans on the line here with us, Chris and Ryan and Sindra. I don't know what the call is of the Vikings. Um, Um, that's why with that Minnesota nice we're nice Minnesota nice but talk about your teaching job as well because it is totally in line with what you're doing and I and I don't know maybe there are people out there who thought oh I never thought to get a job at the university Yeah. So it's something that I've been doing for a while. And it's interesting because about a year ago, I was thinking, well, I'm just going to let that go. But I'm really grateful at this time that I have that because it's just Mm -hmm. the steady income. And then I cannot be so fearful or, you know, anxious about my speaking right now. And it allows me to really pivot and adjust and not be so tied to like the specific income that I need every month. So I think, you know, it could just be adjunct teaching or something that you know that's consistently that's coming in. Um, so yeah. for me, it's been really nice to have that. And I'm grateful I didn't let it go when I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And one of our clients, Mike Rogers, who I think you know as well, um, mm-hmm. he was on your podcast. I think he also just got his like dream teaching job at the university. And I think that's nice timing. Jacob, You were literally running small cities when you started your speaking business while with how many children, four children at home? Four four little kids. You'll probably hear them in a few minutes, but yep. (laughs) That's okay. And uh, so, but you transitioned to a job that was way more speaking friendly. Talk a little bit about how your setup is today that allows you to keep going. Yeah. Well, thanks to you. You know, you kind of gave me good advice to transition into something that could, um, you know, be a really good partnership, you know, alignment with the speaking career that was growing. And so uh, I became managing director of two uh, service lines, organization and leadership development, and then emergency management, crisis management for uh, the public sector throughout the country. So uh, just so happens that the uh, organization leadership development was doing a lot of speaking to cities, primarily local governments on behalf of the company. Uh, but then all this happened. And so seven days a week, uh, thankfully for my own family income, uh, seven days a week, emergency management is where it's all at right now. So I've been working mm-hmm. with cities across the country, um, uh, helping them uh, set up their emergency operation centers, deal with the COVID issues, manage all their employees, manage their city services, transition to a virtual environment, um, and doing the organization leadership development coaching for city managers and executive teams that are having to go through difficult decisions about layoffs and you know the economic challenges of COVID. So mm-hmm. uh, thankfully, and again, thanks to you, I give you credit on this, you helped me transition to an area that when speaking would slow down a bit, I could still leverage those speaking skills and opportunities and uh, do stuff that I love to do. So it's, it's, uh, I don't don't even know how you're, you know, you wrote to me a couple of days ago about some business that was coming in and how you were going to pivot it. And I don't even know how you're thinking about the speaking business right now. Um, But we do want to transition out of 
kind of non-speaking income and go into the virtual work. And um, I've been doing a lot of research on this and tons of podcasts on this topic for the last little while. So we've been taking in a lot of information and we have a menu of options for you here. Chris, your company... Uh, Heroic Productions out of uh, Minneapolis. You just started this great new job with them and then boom, COVID-19 hits. And But you all pivot quickly. Talk about what your business looked like pre and now and what some of the things uh, that you're seeing happen are. Yeah. Well, I've, I've known these people for um, over over 20 years, and we used to partner with them in the old days when I was at Martin Bastion Productions. So they're the guys that own all the gear, have all the technical leads, know how to set up the room and do it right, and um, you know, partner in that way. That's how they serve the client. They, they make they're sure they can be seen and heard beautifully. They're the people that all the people on this line bow to <laughs> yeah. to say, thank you for you making me look good. When you get exactly. there. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, right. So um, it's a little different for me because I'm used to be on the creative visionary side of, of designing an event and making it successful, you know, to the, the reason they spent the money. Actually, we, you know, that pans out. And, and so we just decided in this scenario that, um, the guys that own the gear and run the gear and all that are usually brought in way later in the process Mm -hmm. and that I would be helpful in this scenario to to get at the table with the client earlier on, which actually makes sense because then you're talking to, um, uh, to the producers about, you know, can we actually produce that event in that room kind of thing. So it's been really exciting. Well, I, I should say it was for two weeks and then, you know, it all, it all blew up and I'm still standing, which I, I have a bit of a survivor's guilt, <laughs> but, but anyway. You've been through this before. And I know. Yeah. I know. So, but you probably, I'm thinking you were the one that was at the center of it all. Your company pivoted. Yeah. You lost all your business and then you pivoted. And yeah, and, and they really did. I mean, it, it, the number is is staggering in seven days, what we lost, like um, breaching $10 million of business in seven days for a relatively small company is kind of earth shattering. But, you know, as the president, John Young, no relation, um, said, uh, you know, we got all the gear in the world. We got all the warehouse spaces in the world. We got all the peeps at home. Why don't we take that gear and put it in one of these empty warehouses and build um, several virtual stages with gorgeous LED backdrops and a whole green screen um, stage as well. Uh, three camera shoot, the whole nine yards, boom, anything you need. We can actually transition into a small meeting space when they want it to look like there are whatever number of people we can have together, you know, whether it's 10 or 20 or 50 and then, um, you know, brand everything instantly with the push of a button. Mm-hmm. So, so far that's what's been happening. Like some of the essential companies that actually are working on COVID prop problem solving or products or whatever have come in and we've done um, recordings around the world and some live streaming and a couple virtual events. But right now the phone is ringing off the hook for graduations, theaters in town that want to live stream their concerts, um, nonprofits that have to have, oh my gosh, that's me, that have to have their, wow, um, um, their gala fundraisers and, um, you know. So 
have you've to do got it for the first time. Lots of things coming in, and I want to drill down on some corporate yeah. work here in a second. But let me just do a wellness check in. Jacob, do you need to wear your dark glasses? Is the light bothering your eyes? Oh, thank you. That's you're awesome, uh, Jane. Um, okay, so I'll, Jacob has a brain injury, everybody. So this is why he wears glasses. And I, if you need to calm your eyes down, I, I just uh, thank you. Want to do a if wellness I, check on you there? If I fall over and I, I disappear from the screen, you'll know why. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but put him on. Put them on. Do what, do what you need to do to, to uh, help yourself. Thank okay, you. so I want to give everybody kind of a, a virtual menu here. Um, of course, we've got virtual keynotes. And Chris, I'm curious to know if any of those have been booked into your facilities. We've got facilitation, which Jacob has talked about doing. We've got virtual conversations or interviews or executive strategy sessions, which I know, Ryan, we've talked about. Um, webinars, of course, everybody's doing webinar. Everybody and their dog is doing webinars right now. And the reason why we're not calling everything webinars is because webinars are perceived to be free. So just know that when, if you call it a virtual workshop, it's paid. If it's a webinar, you, it might be free. So just note that, uh, the perception issue there. Um, we've also got uh, Jason Hewlett, another friend of mine, has talked about being a virtual MC for an entire day of productions. Chris, that would be right up your alley. Mm -hmm. And what I'm seeing a lot of is the packaging up of virtual work and live presentations, live keynotes. So at the end of the package, is when the play date, maybe it's fourth quarter 2020, maybe it's 2021, we don't know yet. Um, but that's how people are keeping the money. The goal is all of you have had money come in and deposits come in and the goal is keep the money, keep the money, keep the money, right? We don't want to give it back and we want to be able to transfer it over to something else. And so there's a lot of packaging going on. Um Talk about, uh, Ryan, you have an executive strategy session that you have delivered. You've got the pilot off the table and you're ready to roll on this. Talk about what that might look like. We are, you know, I, I think what we're really focused on is just deeper engagements with customers that have valued our expertise previously. I, from a, just a pure sales perspective, you want to generate revenue right now, reach back out to the people you've worked with. You have a relationship. They value your contribution. And, and I think what we're seeing is that customers, you know, they're, they're, we've done a virtual conference. The keynote was great, pre-recorded. Chris, it was a big miss not being in your studio. I'll be talking <laughs> to you in 10 minutes after we hang up. But, <laughs> Me too. You, yeah, you know, there, there, there's an opportunity to, to, I think, pivot our expertise into this situation. You know, I led a large sales and service team during 2008. I started a business that's grown 10 consecutive years in 2009. CEOs and executive teams need guidance and support. So it, mm -hmm. right out of your playbook, Jane, it's like, you're not a speaker, you're an expert. Leverage your expertise into this moment to provide something that's differentiated than the keynote. So it is, it's, it's the guidance, it's the interviews, it's research, it's bringing perspective about how to navigate this and then be well positioned on the other side because it is the decisions you make and actions you take right now are what are gonna determine your success six to 12 months later. So. Beautiful, and, and we're not selling 
something virtual, we're selling an outcome. We're selling the solution to a problem. Joe, you like to, you say, I'm not doing virtual keynotes per se, mm-hmm. but you will have virtual conversations, which has kind of been your MO for the last few years anyway. You've really shifted away from keynoting into like small group brainstorming type sessions, have you not? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing small senior leadership group workshops. Like, I'm, I'm not even standing up. I'm usually sitting down <laughs> at the boardroom table. Uh, but what I'm doing now that's fun and I've always loved to do, whenever anybody used to ask me if I would do something on video or do it like a keynote, I'd say I won't do a keynote, but I'll do an interview. I just don't like doing keynotes on virtually. I never have. I don't think I'm good at it. But I would be interviewed. Now what I'm doing is I've, I've switched the interviewer, interviewee, and what I'm doing with a couple of my, they were booked as workshop clients, I'm, I am interviewing the CEO. But in our back and forth, I get to do all of my material and bring my perspective. Yeah. But it's really tied to them and what their strategy is right now. And so they uh, live stream it. Of course, it's always recorded. Sometimes they'll let their people watch it just whenever. But yeah, that's all I do on uh, videos, interviews. And uh, you're really, really good at making other people look good. And so when you make the CEO look like some sort of genius in your charming Tennessee way that you do, I think that that really allows everybody to feel good. And of course, the person with the paycheck uh, feels good as well. Uh, Kendra, I'm putting you on the spot here. Have you been tapped to do any virtual keynotes yet? Yeah. So, um, so our model, you know, like you said, there's, there's a different model for everyone. So we had uh, several events in March. We saw kind of like three different things happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, an event was going virtual an event was postponing till late, later, mm-hmm. or it was just um, can- canceling all together. Fortunately, we, we didn't really have any that were canceling all together. Everyone nice. was this other option. So for several of those events that were like not planning to reschedule and were maybe leaning towards canceling, we delivered virtual keynotes. Um, and of course then for the ones that went virtual. So I did a virtual keynote for, they had 30,000 people registered. Uh, and it was 15 minutes. It was supposed to be, it was supposed to be an hour, 50 minutes live. Right, uh, right. It also, it was 15. Um, we, we created a, I live in a, an apartment in New York city. I've got two kids at home. I got a husband at home. Like we're all here right now. And lots of ambulances driving by uh, all the time right now. Right. So yeah. What did, what did you set up? So we put up um, a a rig that we originally used for our step and repeat. You know, that sign that you put like for our book launch. Uh, Now it's being used for our emergency film studio. We put that up and we got a big roll of paper and pulled it down. And so now I've got this beautiful, we have three papers. Now we have, turquoise, light blue, and dark gray. Uh, we got some lights from Costco or no, uh, Home Depot, clipped them onto various pieces of furniture, blacked out the room, and I speak direct to camera. And the difference between most of the stuff on our list and a virtual keynote is that you've got to be standing and you've got to be bringing the energy. Yeah. And Chris, uh, I first heard it from you. 
it's got to be in a tighter time frame. Is mm-hmm. no 30,000 people want to sit there for 90 minutes listening to somebody mm-hmm. as a talking head. So how did it go with the 30,000 people? Was there any kind of interaction or feedback at all? Or was it just you delivering? And So we did it was pre-recorded, so we okay. delivered it. We sent it to them, and yeah, I'll say 15 minutes. And I couldn't get the timer right so that I would be looking because you can't break eye contact with the camera. I mean, it's so much more sensitive. Yes. Um, and and so I, I finished and just like fell over on the floor. It felt like oh. this workout because you know, and you know, you're in your living room right now, and it's a it's going to. So they, I actually didn't end up signing up for, I didn't really think about it, signing up to watch them play it live. But oh. I knew when it was going live and I watched on my, all of a sudden my phone started going, <laughs> and so I was like, oh, oh, it's going, and it was, I don't think anything replaces, and I think it's important to say this, yes. nothing replaces in-person events. And I don't think yes. anything will. It might take a while for us to get back to it, but people are going to want to get back. That's just how it is. But it was pretty awesome. Wow, um, that yeah. what a great experience! Right. That uh, yeah. Now, anything th- you learned by doing it, like any tip that like don't ever do this. Like you said, don't break uh, eye contact with the camera. That's a good tip because it, it makes such a like. If I just go like that really quick right now, like you can it. So you have to be you have to be talking like it's that's very important. Um, I'm, I think the thing that, and I've been doing direct to camera for a while, so I feel like mm, I was prepared yeah, you're, for um, but you have, you have to pretend like you are on a stage. So when I was yeah. looking into that tiny lens, I wasn't looking at a tiny lens. I was looking at the stadium at the MGM grand and, uh, and you just see it that way in your head. Amazing. Now, all that being said, it was great. I've, I've done that for several clients. Now, mm-hmm. some we delivered for them, some that's what they want. I have several more coming up. I am not, and it's something I can do, and it's something I'm good at. Joe was saying it's not something I'm good at. It's something I'm good at. I'm not promoting virtual keynotes as my business plan. That's just, right. I, I'm doing them, and I can, but we're not putting huge marketing effort behind Gotcha. And, and we're going to talk later about the things that you are kind of putting your energy towards that and some of them being uh, money while you sleep, which is, you know, all of this right now is trading your time for money. So just be aware, we will talk about some more passive income streams. But before we leave this topic, Chris, you had kind of an analogy about bringing, you really understand events, you understand energy, you understand connection. Talk about virtual where you think the misses are. Yeah, well, it's been shocking sort of to talk to clients and realize how clueless they are right now. I mean, they're catching up. The conversation changed greatly last week than it had from the weeks prior. But it really felt like they were trying to take their three-day conference and shove it in at their audience, <laughs> and literally, like, like they were talking, they're going to, they will stay with us. They're used to, um, so, we, you know, you had to teach them. And we came up with this idea. Actually, George Campbell came up with this. And it was the way radio used to be, right? When TV arrived in our living rooms and they took radio shows and they put them on TV. And it didn't work. Uh-uh. It was like terrible. You know, and it took a while before it was like, how do we do TV? This yeah. is a different medium. And you, so I love what you guys just said, Joe with the interview and Kendra with her shortened 
knowing how to talk to the camera and really engage with them, which is a hard thing to learn. It's hard for me. I'm trying it right now. (laughs) You're doing good. (laughs) But but I mean, those those are some of the biggest things. I think what you said too, Kendra, about it being um, sensitive, the authenticity piece of this is so much bigger in in a virtual medium than it even is on stage. I mean, it's been a big, we use the word trend for a long time, but right now I think that's just key. And Believe it or not, at this point in time, I mean, it's, it's, you guys are going to be in demand because it's hard to find speakers that are really up to speed, really good in this kind of medium on camera. Whether, I mean, Joe's had a lot of practice with the interview situation. That makes complete sense to me. And so is needed right now because a lot of CEOs are not good at this and they're going to come off, you know, not like they're talking from their heart to their people or their customers. So that would be a really needed thing. And Kendra, what you're doing, shrinking it down is just huge. But the other thing that's happening a lot is, and you brought it up, which is the idea of the host and whether you see it as an MC or a host or, you yeah. know, a way of keep keeping people engaged and those things we always yes. talk about that are so important. I, I think that's the most important piece, don't you, Chris? I, if, I if do right now. Yeah. You know, especially in this time of transition when we're really learning. Because, I mean, the big thing here is this isn't a 2020 problem. This virtual thing is going to go oh on God. for years. Not yeah. that it will be the only thing. We're working on several hybrid events right now where there'll mm-hmm. be a smaller live component and it'll be live streamed to mass numbers like uh, Kendra mentioned, but um, I think I think this will this, this is, will evolve. This is but, just the beginning. We thought yeah. it was actually going to happen <laughs> earlier. I think after nine eleven was when we yeah. thought it was going to happen. But the technology wasn't good enough then mm-hmm. to support it, and now it is. And so I actually think the the person on the ground, that host, that connector back to the audience, is the most important piece. Yeah, I don't disagree puzzle. with you, and 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 yeah. it's tricky because I mean that's the kind of person you have to really match sort of um, the way they are with people, mm-hmm. you know, with the client, like it can't be some loud, boisterous, whatever. And then, right. You know what I'm saying? Like if, that, if the market at the other end, the receiving end, they're all kind of sitting there like this and yeah. you've got somebody <laughs> yeah. clowning around. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. there's some really important things that I've learned focusing on this piece, like making all the attendees feel like a VIP like mm-hmm. the pre-engagement, even before the event from that host that kind of gets an excitement level built up. Like that, like when they, Hollywood launches a movie. Yeah. I mean, we hear about it. We see posters. We hear little, we see little clips. You know, we get commercials. I mean, that's how that should be, the virtual event should be treated so right. that it's not an assumption that it's going to be sitting in our living rooms for it, at, and- death. And can we all agree that we're going to see a lot of bad things happening out there or done poorly? And I think um, in terms of people who are not professional speakers, this is where, okay, so we know that saying putting virtual on your website, I think actually everybody is going to do virtual work. And so it's not a differentiator at all. What you still need to be talking about is the outcome. And maybe if you have any kind of virtual demo reel, you're going to, you're going to just show that you're really comfortable 
comfortable with this and that you know how to engage those people that are watching at home. And there's an act to that for sure that we pros are going to be able to differentiate from all the other people who are be out there doing, you know, bad webinars right now. <laughs> okay. So anybody want to, uh, Joe, you had a comment about that? Randy Pennington just put together a great preview focusing on his <laughs> really advanced skills in virtual. And he shows clips of his virtual work that he's done. And so Randy's, Randy's very much about the outcome. Randy is super content problem solve oriented, but he's got a real skill at virtual and he did a great job with this new preview of highlighting that. I'm going to try to get that, Joe, and see if we can't put it in the show notes as an example, because I would love to have more and more examples of people doing it well. Uh, Sindra, talk about how webinars um, don't have to be boring. Talk about how webinars can be amazing, because I've actually seen lots of really great webinars as well, but I just know that the market is being flooded right now, so there's bound to be some inequality. Talk yeah. about how they can be great. So when I was listening to Kendra, I was thinking about um, mid-March, end of March, I did a free webinar and it was really just a way to serve. And I sent it out to my list, my email list, and then, you know, posted it on social, sent it to my friends, um, got 400 people on this webinar. So like, I was amazed. I thought it was going to be like, you know, 50. <laughs> and um, it felt like what Kendra said, like at the end, I was like, I was on fire for at least four or five hours. Like it just felt so awesome to be able to give information and content and just like a light and people watched it all over the world. So that was pretty cool because I've never done anything like that before. Now, one thing that it really helped me business from a business sense. So mm -hmm. at the end of the webinar, I gave um, half off my online course. And then I said, and I've never done this before, but I said, anybody who signs up today who wants to buy the online course, I'll give you a 30-minute free coaching session. Wow. So I've, I've never given my coaching for free ever. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so I was like, I don't know, should I do this, should I not? But um, I had, uh, I converted four new coaching clients from that free webinar. Awesome. So not only did I sell like my online course, like, mm -hmm. and I, I've already built that. So it didn't cost, you know, didn't take me any time or energy, mm -hmm. but it was the coaching clients. And then the people who like, I got one from the UK, right? Like I would have never, ever probably worked with him, but if I wouldn't have given that free webinar. And so I think you um, right. What Kendra said about your energy has to be there. I also mm -hmm. use the chat box. Yeah. And that was amazing. So, you know, right away I said, where are you coming from? All these like, you know, yeah. from all over the world. And then every five minutes I had people put something in the chat box, yeah. five, five, seven minutes or so, just yeah. so I could keep it engaging. And then I read from the chat box and it was a great way to, I guess, see what people are dealing with, but mm -hmm. um, it was fun. And don't you think if you start out your chat, be aware of what kind of questions you want to ask people because mm -hmm. you can do an anonymous question where you just read the answers and don't say people's names so that they can be even more vulnerable in their answers if you're getting into things that are, you know, something that you really want to know from them that might be a little bit embarrassing or what have you. I love that. And don't you think, Sandra, that most people are conditioned at the end of a free webinar to yeah. expect a pitch? Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
And I did. And, I probably could have even done a better job of. Yeah, like, but I bet you did it in a very charming kind of. I've never done this before. I bet you that was very authentic for you, yes. yeah. and that's why it works. And you know, you just come from a place that is very intentional of giving, and I think that uh, whatever the intent behind it really comes through. Well done, nice. Yeah. And I'm going to come back to you because we've got lots of other kind of non uh, trade time for money as. Uh, uh, profit centers that we can be thinking about. Um, let's talk more kind of back to the basics in terms of uh, business right now. One of the things that Ryan and I were talking about the other day is that it's not necessarily uh business as usual out there. It could be that we're going back to, in, in Ryan's case, he started his business in 2008, like the worst time to start a business. And wouldn't you say that a lot of the things that maybe you would have done in 2008, Ryan, you might tend to circle back to right now just to really get yourself reengaged and reinvigorated. This is not a time that you're used to at all. No, uh, you know, we, we had the wind at our backs and we're, <laughs> we're cruising pretty good. And now uh, we have to get out some oars and, uh, and row the boat. So, you know, that's just the difference. And that's my mentality. And I, I think we're, we're sensitive to the situation. You know, while people are sheltering at home and on lockdown, it isn't business as usual. And mm -hmm. so there, there's, uh, we, we actually teach in some of our sales workshops about com compassionate outreach and what that looks like. And mm -hmm. so certainly are practicing that ourselves. Um, but I, our, all of our outreach to date, has been to people where we have relationships with. There's yep. not a net new strategy yet. But I think I think this summer, as you know, people return to some version of a hybrid office, every senior level executive I know has to has to figure out how to move their business forward yep. in an entirely new set of circumstances than they were dealing with a few months ago. And so they're gonna be looking to guidance and expertise. And so I think we'll be reaching out that way. And, it, it, and it's required some updates to our positioning and perspective. And mm -hmm. so you'll see, we've got a virtual demo. You'll see an evolved website and those kind, and brand new topics. You know, we have a, a new topic called the way forward. And I've been through a crisis That's before. Good. So yeah, so I have some perspective on this. And there are to-dos and not to-dos. And we're sharing that perspective and helping yeah. customers. So that's it. That's wonderful. And might I say a book is on the way? <laughs> yeah, Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> you, you are absolutely allowed to say it because that'll hold me accountable to actually finishing it this time, right? So, good, the, good. The, yeah. That's excellent. <laughs> I think that you need to do that. Um, yeah. And I just want to keep coming back to the idea. Of course, we have to adjust our approach in this market. Everybody's talking, oh, it's not a time to sell. We need to come at, like you used the term compassionate outreach. Hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? I like the idea of first paragraph, are you okay? Second paragraph, is your meeting okay? And then we kind of maybe go on from there and just ask a question. Very, very simple approach. And it's definitely not any approach that we would have used four months ago. So let's talk about, um, Jacob, before we move on to kind of the more coaching and consulting and things like that, talk about virtual facilitation. What does that look like for you and your clients? What would they be calling you to help solve? 
Yeah. So <clears throat> for me, this it is, it's exactly what Ryan said. Uh, no surprise, he's kind, of, kind of a mentor, but um, it's it's about really using this time not to repackage for me, just personally, my own model, not to repackage and put a whole bunch of new stuff out, but about recontacting recontacting my existing clients and finding out what are their situations, what are their needs right now. Mm-hmm. And what they're telling me is what I need to respond to. And mm-hmm. what they're telling me the issues are is they need someone that can help facilitate the tough conversations about moving their company forward. And so if I were to pick it up and sell to them a virtual keynote, it really wouldn't go anywhere with my clients. What they really need assistance with is the crisis management, the moving forward, the helping facilitate the conversations for their executive teams so that the CEO or the chief executive can be engaged in those conversations and doesn't have to be on the sideline. And also, they're really bored of those Zoom meetings where the CEO is leading Mm. every single meeting and conversation. Right. Or my conversations with my existing clients, they're looking for someone to come in from the outside to facilitate the meetings, know how to manage the technology really well, which is something that I that I, that I do on, on my outside that I can do very uh, effectively in terms of making sure everyone has a voice in these very strange virtual teleconferences. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, it's really for me been about listening to what their needs are and then letting them know that I can help solve their challenges right now. Beautiful. I love that idea. So I want to offer up our next chunk and menu, which is going to include things like coaching, consulting, online courses, uh, membership communities, masterminds, virtual summits, and of course, as we just talked about with Ryan, books, products, uh, all of that whole realm. All of you are have some fingers in some of these pies. Um, Sindra, you said to me, I don't know, three or four months ago, really going to get a little more intentional about my coaching. How's that working out for you? (laughs) (laughs) The timing was so, so good, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it was really good. And I did set an intention even like about a year ago to really increase that in my business. And I feel like it was some kind of higher calling (laughs) this time, but for sure. Yeah, that's nice. And I know you just moved into a new house and that's probably where when you're not freaking out about revenue, going in, going that next step up in anything, whether it be your home or whatever it might be, can be a little bit dicey. And so you don't want to see a huge drop in revenue. And so coaching has been able to fill in some of the blanks for you, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. Um, I know that some of you do consulting. Who, who all is doing consulting right now work? Jacob, um, when it comes to consulting, that's definitely something that you can package up a number of things and and uh, talk about what your package might look like with people to help them solve a problem. Yeah, it just you know it all goes back to just listening what the client needs are, which like you know was said before. A lot of the companies I'm working with, they don't really know what their needs or concerns are for consulting services. But, you know, what I work on is primarily leadership development, team building, and efficiency. So it's, it's again, listening to what their issues are right now. Right now, they're mm-hmm. going through layoffs and furloughs, and they don't really need a lot of help on efficiency and delivery of services. They need more help on just keeping their leadership team focused on how to move the company forward. So in terms of consulting services, it's a lot of listening, a lot of asking all the questions. This is not when we talk about ourselves or when I'm talking about myself and my background. Mm -hmm. And it's really irrelevant right now to them. They just need uh, support 
and someone that can serve as a sort of neutral outside person that can help them through these challenges. So uh, that's what I'm trying to provide. Beautiful. Ryan, what about you guys? Yeah. So, you know, we just take a page from our old consulting playbook. You know, I used to work for an advertising agency and so Mm -hmm. that's a very consultative model, but essentially it really comes down to there's a discovery process. And what's great about the listening that Jacob just talked about or, and Joe talked about it too, is that if you organize that and have a deliverable out of the auditing and listening, you can charge for that. And so, you know, that it, it starts with a discovery, framing up an understanding, and then bringing my perspective to their challenges, right? So then we would deliver out of our audit. And we, we actually have a third partnership is another thing to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have a partnership. I have a, a research partnership. We can do statistically valid surveys. We can audit a, a customer audience. We can audit uh, an internal group, a sales group, and then get some real specific data to bring to bear on that conversation. So out of that kind of audit and discovery, we would deliver, we would deliver our perspective, right? So in advertising, we would call that an executive summary. There is typically some element of, of, a, of a strategic roadmap where you're presenting mm-hmm. a path forward. And then it can stop there. They get that deliverable or it really does set you up for an advisory role. Right, and right. And go on the journey of helping them, you know, guiding them forward. And that, that can be done, you know, through virtual coaching. And I, I would say some learning, right. Some workshopping. Right. So right. That, that's the, that's the way we're packaging up that kind of partner. That's beautiful. And uh, for people uh, first, we should add advisory on the list too, because that's definitely something that many of my clients are, uh, advisors to very large companies, and that's a, a role that continues on uh, retainer. But if you're thinking, oh, I don't want to do all that work of the consultant, be aware of what your role is in the project. Be, a rare, uh, be aware that you could farm out a lot of the research and the heavy lifting to other people, and you are there to guide the project from there. Um, Moving towards things that will be more, less trading your time for money and more passive revenue, Uh, an online course and a membership community and masterminds are things that I have uh, under my Wealthy Speaker School umbrella. Kendra and Sindra, you both have online courses that have been helpful for you. Kendra, talk about how uh, you've refocused on those or, you know, you probably had it going along pretty smoothly. You were off busy speaking and you weren't thinking a lot about it. You've probably put a little more attention on it right now. Yeah. You know, I think that so much, so much of what we're going through right now as speakers in this industry is uh, also in our heads and, and the choice of what are we, what is our story going to be of this Mm. time? Um, and I've been saying for so long, like I've always planned to create digital courses. I wanted a small course to go with stories that stick, which is my book. So the book was already done. Ryan, mm-hmm. get caught up. Come on. Deal. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> this book like two years ago. Yeah, like, you're right. Let's get a move on it. Let's get a move on it. But I wanted to have a, you know, because the book is however much it is, and I only get a cut of that in terms of royalty. So Mm -hmm. um, I wanted a small digital course that went with that. And so we filmed that in the first day, uh, the first two days of like quarantine. We just like got that all filmed, got it packaged, 
got it ready. Now we're in the middle, we're on the other side of the middle, which is very exciting, building out um, a mastery course, which is we were hosting live workshops, which is essentially the live workshop, but the digital version, it's going to be that bigger, meatier. I mean, it's super, it's a super intense course. And so we're putting that together. So we have them in development. We haven't launched either one of those. Um, the smaller one, people had started asking me for, hey, do you have a, and so I would just send them the link because it technically was for sale. And so I'm happy to say right now we have a 100% close rate on that because <laughs> everyone I sent, they're like, oh, do you have a, because here's the other thing to remember is I feel like our industry and like uh, Chris said, losing $10 million. I mean, a lot of us had a lot to lose. And mm-hmm. so it can really set your brain to think that nobody else has any money. And that's just not true. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and other people, they're seeing their time in a different way. And they're choosing to create their story for this time to get better. So they want courses. They want, so we had people emailing us. And so, yeah, we have 100% close rate. And then I also have another line of, and this is another thing to think about, mm-hmm. is I had stuff in my business that I had created a long time ago. And it just kind of forgotten to talk about anymore. Mm-hmm. I had just gotten so busy and booking flights and being on stage and client calls and getting this, you know, what dress do I, all that stuff. Those, what dress that I wear is not the top. It's what content do I get? <laughs> I get that, that, I, that I forgot I had these things. So one of the early other things we did right away when everything was coming apart is just launched one of my old products. And we had, we sold so many of that. And it was just money that was like under our couch. It had been, it had been sitting on the table this entire time. So maybe what we talk to people about doing first is do an audit, do an inventory. What do I have that is still relevant, that is still timely, that is still current, that people might, might want and might pay for. And, um, I think that refocusing and in you all have these amazing, thousands of people audiences that you now have in your databases and for people who have the audience that you've already kept um, on a regular basis you've been communicating with for you to introduce something is just so easy for you to say hey we've got something new for you right now Um, they're clamoring for it they've been wanting something you since you left the stage they're clamoring for it and it's a mistake to think too, if I might, that they already know about it. So one of the things that here, here's a little thing that I did without ah. even really realizing it is, of course, I'm a storyteller. Um, and I was always sending them like storytelling tips. But then there was one day I didn't have time to film a tip or whatever. So I just wrote a story to my email list. I just wrote the story because it needed to go out. And I, and I just sat in my bed and I wrote this story and it was kind of vulnerable and kind of emotional. And then at the end of it, because I said we need, it was a story about hearing stories. I'm like, we need stories now more than ever. By the way, now is, I don't know if you have my book yet, but here you go. And my sales on Amazon went like, I saw (laughs) these are people that I've been talking to every week for years. And they started writing me, they were writing me back Mm. saying, I just got your book. Thank you for everything you do. And it was that again, like Ryan, just that very genuine outreach. um, And, and there's, money to be had there too. Don't assume that people remember what you have. 
Don't assume that people know what all of your um, offerings are. Here at the Wealthy Speaker School, I think probably, and we've probably set the tone for that being about emerging speakers, but let me tell you, uh, we have been pouring the school full of new content that is really terrific for speakers who are further along in their careers. Things like what we're doing today are going into the Wealthy Speakers School. Uh, the Friday Brand Camp that we did every uh, Friday in April with Chris West was an amazing high-level piece of content that we will put into the school. And so um, we, we need to pivot in terms of that and make sure that people understand. But the way we do our online course is it's a series of lessons. So I think we have over 40 lessons in there. And we um, have people go in and be able to have access to all of them at, at the time. We don't walk them through it. They can choose where they go and when they go. And our goal is to provide lots and lots and lots of great content. It can be a little bit overwhelming. So we're constantly warning people. But then we also have a membership community and the community does six coaching calls, six group coaching calls every month. So be thinking about what you could be doing to bring your communities together. I know Libby Gill, um, as soon as all of this happened, she said, hey, let's just do a live coaching call. Um, I don't know if it was once a month or once a week or uh, what it was, but she just brought a community together and they were all going through this together and it was very transformative. So uh, a membership community is definitely a possibility. Uh, Sindra has been a part of our um, Inner Circle Mastermind that is for the more advanced uh, learner and those have been. Cindra, you want to talk about masterminds a little bit? Because I think you're thinking about um, that for yourself too, are you not? Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm writing a book right now for business owners and I'm going to launch um, a mastermind like at the same time that I launched the book. Mm. And I was thinking, Kendra, when you were talking about online courses, one of the things that we've done right now is we put out some Facebook ads for our book. Uh, for my book, and then we could we upselled people on the academy, and I've had more um, people buying that academy now than ever before. So that's like academy is the online course. So um, I think that uh, it now is the time where people want to continue to grow and learn, and I, we've seen increases in that. Beautiful, beautiful, Jacob. You wanted to talk about speaker partnerships. Yeah, I think, you know, all of us speakers have gone through a bit of a slowdown in our business, you know, postponement of our events and, yeah. you know, everything in my world went to zero practically overnight. Yeah. And one of your other students, uh, Charlie Solano uh, of Chief Leadership, um, him and I were on the phone a couple weeks ago and we were both in the same situation, which was how are we going to figure out what our next move is? He says, hey, come on over. He lives in Orange County. He lives here in Southern California. <laughs> so we came uh, onto my uh, front yard. We sat 15, <laughs> <Safely>. <laughs> 15 yeah. feet apart. I set up tables, set up chairs. We put up a bunch of dry erase boards on tripods right in the front yard. And uh -huh. we put together an entire workshop on personal and professional resilience because he's the personal resilience guy. Mm -hmm. I'm more of the organizational resilience you know, approach. And that would never have been done before COVID, but this provided us an opportunity. So I think if speakers can take advantage of working with mm -hmm. each other when we have some capacity right now, I know I, I, I've learned so much from everybody on this screen pre-COVID and now during COVID. Um, I think this is a great opportunity where we can leverage each other's skills and work together to try to figure out the best way to make impact for our clients. 
Yeah. One of my favorite things that I've done in the last, I don't know, a couple of years is the uh, Friday brand camp that I did with Chris West. We actually did it on Facebook Live. It was free. We did it on Facebook Live every Friday at noon Eastern. And um, we did it using the platform StreamYard. And StreamYard allows you to kind of whip somebody's comments right up onto the screen and you can see their picture from Facebook on there. You can stream it to YouTube and other mediums as well, but we just did it on Facebook. And I found that platform to be the most interesting and the most engaging in terms of the people at home. Chris, it might be something cool that you guys could do at Heroic if you wanted to have something that goes out onto Facebook Live. It needs to be, it's a streaming platform. Yeah, we're so, literally visiting with um, two or three <laughs> a day right now. There are amazing numbers of them out there. I wish I had the list to give to you. Maybe I can send it to you after this. Okay. The ones that are the most exciting, that have the most engagement tools. and Oh, and yes, please. I would love it. to be able to share the list. That yeah. would be fantastic. Chris, watch your mic. Um, it's rubbing on something when you're oh. moving down. Okay. There, that's it. <laughs> just, a, just a little crunching on the line yeah. there. But we're not going to edit this because that's not how we roll over here at uh, Wealthy Speaker Headquarters. Okay, guys. Final question. The uh, state of the industry, we kind of, there's a lot of unknowns happening. But I know that we all have feelings about live events and what the difference is. So at the beginning of um, at the beginning of March, uh, the very last first week in March, we held our own live event, uh, Accelerate Live 2020, and we were all together. Now, we have all been together like this, Brady Bunch style, for months and months leading up to this. But when we got together live and in person, and in that moment in time, uh, we were allowed to hug each other, uh, that was a whole different level of connection. And I just think, and Chris, I'd like to hear from you first, that meetings are not going to go away because of that difference in terms of what we have here. We're connected on one level here, but face-to-face -face is another entire level. Chris, do you think that meetings are going to go away or maybe they'll be, re maybe they'll be smaller than they used to be? Or what do you think about the future? Yeah, I, oh, I'm, I'm certain they won't go away. I think, um, I think everybody is challenged right now and frustrated because they don't want to cancel. So it's mm. like, what can they do to bring value, to help people solve problems, to bring them some good news and in the interim? And so we're kind of, you know, feeling our way through what does virtual look like and getting better at it every week. But I, I think that the interesting thing is that I don't think virtual is going to go away. No, I, think I don't think so either. Right. I think that people are, once they learn it and get mm -hmm. good at it and yeah. understand that this gives them a farther, more reach, you know, mm -hmm. than they had before, that yeah. you know, who knows, it'll probably be company by company, but if it has to be done in person, it should be done in person and will be, I'm sure. And, and then they have, um, I mean, they're learning how to just not have the virtual live stream component, but to, to do it in a way that it's, can be on demand and there's mm -hmm. you know there's all the different learning that can happen over days weeks months 
that can be taken from the live event. So, I mean, I think it's just going to be an exciting time for all of us. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, Kendra, let's hear from you on the future of meetings. Yeah, I mean, I'll echo what Chris said. It's been interesting from from our perspective. Is we we've had a couple. You were saying they're frustrated to have to cancel, so we've had a few that that were scheduled for this day, and then they moved it to a month later, and then they moved it to a month like they are just like just waiting, just waiting. And I, you know, I'm here in New York City. I think a dump truck is about to go by. So warning. But even just like walking by people in the park and like exchanging a wave or taking your mask down, yeah. do a little, like people are just so, so I think that's like, I don't think you can ignore that. What I'm really excited about is I've had several clients in the past and probably all of us have that have already, like from three years ago, that were already doing streaming. And so for this, it wasn't, like it was, it was a part of what I would speak live and then I would come back and see all the streaming action that had happened, which was so exciting because if what you really want to do is reach a lot of people, mm-hmm. streaming is the way to go. And I think what will happen here, much like Chris said, is there are some people that are just, they're not going to, they're going to do what they have to do right now and then get back to the way that it was before. And that's fine. There are some that are, you know, maybe they'll stay all virtual. There are so many more that are going to do the combo. And for people who what they do is share their message with the world, it's only a good thing because you'll be able to do it live and streaming and touch so many more people. So that's my thought. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I think that we can all agree that there is hope on the horizon that clients are out there. They're talking to you all about how to solve the problems that their company has. Ryan, they can't not figure out the way forward. They're going to need some help, right? That's right. And, and just to echo some of the comments, you know, 90% of my bookings that were scheduled between March 10th, which was my last main stage event, mm-hmm. and let's say August 31st, 90% have been rescheduled within mm-hmm. the next 12 months. So think about that. That, that should give us some sense or indication yeah. of what the go forward plan is. Yeah. Right. So I've had, I've had two cancellations. Everything else is, well, we're looking at this date. I even had a I even had one of my favorite clients. They said, gosh, we're so disappointed we can't do it, but we've got great news. We're going to the four seasons at Hawaii in next May. So you're gonna be there. And I was like, great. And so here we are in this moment of pause with this opportunity to figure out what beyond when this does come back can we do. And I think Chris said it, I believe in the hybrid model. And I wasn't delivering a hybrid model, right? So I would go give my main stage keynote, pack up my stuff, hug everybody and go on to the next one and you know, call me next year. Now, you know, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to be doing this once a quarter with the leadership team that I met with in January. And then I think it's going to create a more robust uh, business with deeper engagement with clients and who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want that? That's a beautiful way for us to close this out. Uh, you all have been so generous with your time today. Joe, uh, thank you. I, I would say thank you all for coming in off the road, <laughs> but that's not really uh, where you are. Joe, uh, any final thoughts for our people? Yeah, I'll just echo. I mean, I, I really echo what Ryan just said, which was when you look at the possibilities and the probabilities, mm-hmm. you wouldn't want it. I, I mean, what this has created is an awful situation that's going to result in 
this isn't being rah-rah. It's going to result in incredible opportunity uh, for everybody in this business. I truly believe that. Yeah. And I would like to also um, mention that I really believe if, if fourth quarter, if meetings do come back in the fourth quarter, that there's going to be a bit of a scheduling jam up for a lot of you. So get ready for that. There's going to be a lot of juggling going on and a lot of people trying to, uh, and you all may need to break your rules of number of engagements per month just for a short little period of time <laughs> and then get yourselves back right it again. Cindra, final thoughts from you? Yeah, I think this is a time to adjust and pivot. And I think we all need to do that in our business. Um, one of the ideas you had on your list was this idea of a summit. And so mm-hmm. Ryan was in my summit. Uh, so it was great to connect with him. And um, we offered it for free right now, but we will uh, we will take it down and sell it and then make it into a book. So I think the key is wow. you gotta adjust and pivot and uh, just be thinking about how you can get out on- online and that's where people are. So, yeah. you know, how can you serve maybe a different audience than you had before or just different, maybe the same audience, but different people. And I think we just got to continue to think like, how can I serve? How can I give? But how can I create during this time to really like move my business forward? Beautiful, beautiful. And you speak on mindset. And I just want to offer up one idea that I used to think that mindset was a portion of the thing, a portion of, you know, related to the outcomes that you were getting. And I'm now 100% convinced that it's 100% mindset that is going to give you the results that you are getting or not getting right now. So really be working on your mindset. You've all come to the table with such positivity and you've been pivoting and adjusting. And I think that that's commendable. Jacob, final thoughts from you. Oh, just thank you, Jane. Uh, Amazing to be with this group and um, learn from everybody here. And it's been refreshing and sort of filled my own tank as I start to think about the path forward. I, I think for me, it comes down to the fact that putting my emergency management hat on and working with governments throughout the country, we're in this for a long haul. This is not going to go away next week, despite what we may see here and there. Um, And so there's not a rush, I think, as speakers to package something up and get it out the door tomorrow and, Mm -hmm. you know, make sure that we're keeping up with everybody else. I think this is really an opportunity to know that we're in this for the long haul. But what we, what made us successful before is listening to our clients and figuring out how we can solve their problems and make impact. And this is a great time to take a breath and reconnect with our people and know that we're going to be in it with them for the long haul as well. Beautiful. Chris, one final thought from you. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about, you know, live events and when they come back and how speakers could show up just a little differently, Mm. meaning, you know, we all know this now that virtual isn't going away. And, you know, what else can you do when you're there besides the speech? I mean, can you help the CEO with an interview? Can you do a little side something that they can use in their on-demand teaching? I mean, any anything, I would just say bring it up because they might not think of it mm-hmm. and it would be tremendously valued by um, both people that hire you and the people who get to hear that. Great. And, and maybe, Chris, the day of the one-off speech <coughs> is not 
is behind us, you know, where the speaker flew in, did their one thing and then left. Like what if every speech, there was some virtual components and content that was leading up to that, that would really help engage. And I feel like everything is going to be kind of packages now. So be looking at this menu, be looking at your worksheet that we've been giving you. We've added some things to the worksheet since we even created it. So we're probably going to have you uh, update some more things. And think about what menu items you want to offer. There might be some that you're like, no, thank you, thank you, thank you. No, but I'm hoping, I hope you don't take them all on because that will be overwhelming, but I hope that you'll take two or three ideas that we offered up today, put them into a package and offer up your client's the solution to some of their problems in the form of a combination of virtual and live presentations. Cool? All right, everybody. Thank you so much for your time today. I so appreciate it. And as we sign off on everything, see you soon, Wealthy Speakers. Bye for now, everyone. Soon. Bye, y'all. Hey, thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed our show, you'll want to come and visit us at the Wealthy Speakers School, where we provide a proven roadmap for building your dream business. Go to WealthySpeakerSchool.com. And for show notes for today's podcast, head on over to SpeakerLauncher.com and click on podcast. I'll see you soon, Wealthy Speakers.